What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I am your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo. No Dino tonight, unfortunately. Ray, we got a really good week eight, though, for the NFL. And, of course, we got Jets-Giants. Yeah, I mean, Jets being back, I dude, I hate bye weeks. It was very... Coming I didn't off a to win, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just fucking ramped up, ready to go. And we had to sit out a week and just watch some bullshit. But uh, big rivalry game. Uh, we're, big brothers are going to beat up little brothers. If you know, you know. And it should be mm-hmm. good. It should be a good one. Love it. Let's get right into it. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk about some rooks that uh, that we liked last week. You want me to start here? Yeah, you start here. I'll, I'll start here. Uh, first guy on the list is is Jameer Gibbs. We haven't mentioned him at all. He was really waiting for that breakout game. We finally got it last week without David Montgomery. He had 11 carries, 68 yards, got his first career touchdown, so love that. He also had nine catches for 58 yards. Um, I mean, they got their breaks beat off by the Ravens, so tough to celebrate. A really good game from from Jameer Gibbs, but I think as he gets more comfortable with the speed of the NFL, I mean, he is just going to be a chess piece in this offense. Who knows how long Ben Johnson is going to be the offensive coordinator, because I think that guy has definitely earned himself the right to be a head coach in the league. Um, But in this creative offense that he's running, for Detroit, especially when David Montgomery is back. If they can get him going as the sidekick, if they can get him going playing out of the slot maybe a little bit, um, this Detroit offense could really take off. So Jameer Gibbs, big shout-out for the first one. Yeah, I mean, Jameer Gibbs, I feel like it's only a matter of time before he actually takes a like has a stranglehold on that job. That guy is just so electric with the ball in his hands, I think. Uh, him and but the thing is with even with Montgomery they complement each other so well where yeah. it's, it's such an efficient uh rushing attack right who you got on your list uh for me at the start I'm gonna go Rasheed Rice for Kansas City Hell uh, yeah. he's someone that I wasn't even that big of a fan of coming out admittedly uh didn't really like the route tree uh but he's been playing really well especially with like the limited wide receiver target I feel like Mahomes has had uh he had five catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. On the year, he already has 26 catches, 300 yards, and three touchdowns. So I think he's honestly one of their more, if not most, reliable receivers on the outside, which is Definitely. good. I think there's the this is just him scratching the surface, too. I don't know if he'll ever be like a true number one, but he's going to be a nice two or three in a Mahomes-led offense, which is going to be a super productive player. Right. I think, especially when he was coming out, I think a lot of his – big plays when he was at SMU or like jump ball type of plays, a lot of stuff down the field. They've really honed in on like these screen plays for him. He's really tough after the catch. Um, So like to see them using him that way. And I like what you said too. He's definitely become, I think the most reliable wide receiver target outside of obviously Travis Kelsey, who's going to demand so much attention. Um, But it's good because they definitely needed it with that ragtag group of of wide receivers that they got um second for me is tyson Bajan. we gotta we gotta call him out respect uh, what what a week first start absolutely destroys the old uh the las vegas raiders i almost said the oakland raiders uh was 20 uh, 21 for 29 for 162 and a touchdown it looks like a zach wilson stat <laughs> um 
I think his I think his A dot was like two point two or something like that. It was something. Know, know your role, bro. Know your role. Yeah, it was something insanely low. Um, but this is a guy that we talked about a bunch during the Senior Bowl. Um, a lot of people saw the illustrious career he had at Shepard, one of the greatest careers in college history. The D two record for completions and yards, and has the NCAA record for all levels with 159 passing touchdowns. So. Big stuff there. Um, had zero turnover-worthy plays. Really played within himself. Um, I also love that he had three carries for 24 yards. All three runs went for first down. So when it wasn't there, he took it himself. He extended drives, and they scored points, and that's what, what he needed to do for them to get a win. So um, big shout-out to Tyson Badgett. Big shout-out to his dad, too, who's – uh. What was he, an arm wrestling champion? He was like a 20-time champ, arm wrestling champ. Um, So the Bajan family, great genes. uh, And he's going to get the start again this week without Justin Fields. So uh, good for him. Who you got uh, as your second guy? Yeah, I'm going back to the wide receiver. Well, uh, Jordan Addison, I think first one of the first games, a primetime game in particular, without uh, Justin Jefferson, and he really had a coming out party. Uh, seven catches on 10 targets for 123 yards and two touchdowns. That one touchdown pass, he kind of took it away from the defender too. I think it was his second, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we all knew that he was a perfect fit in this offense just with his route running ability and just big play ability overall. But he's really going to be showing that that offense, when Jefferson's healthy of him, Jefferson, Addison, and Hawkinson is uh, going to be deadly to say the least. I think – uh, if if they had like a, a really if they had Dalvin Cook in his prime, this offense would be a top five offense in the league. Uh, I do love Addison's upside and just his career trajectory. Him and Jefferson, they're going to be uh one of the top one two punches for years to come. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens after the season if they draft a quarterback or if they take Kirk Cousins back on a maybe a cheap deal. I don't know. Um, but like you said. That's a great one-two tandem, especially if you add TJ Hawkinson too. That's a unbelievable core. Um, let's get to the game previews. We obviously have to start with Jets and the Giants. The Jets are the road team in this game. They are a two-and-a-half-point favorite right now. That line has been jumping around from three to two. Uh, Ray, talk to me about this Jets team coming off the bye. What do they need to do to get a win in Giants country? Yeah, I mean, coming off the bye, I think it's really, really helpful. Gave this team a lot of time to rest up. DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner were full participants the last two days of practice, which is massive. If we get those two back, it'd be a real boost for this defense that earned, that really even performed way above expectations uh, against the Eagles a couple weeks back. But I think this is a game of trenches, to be honest with you. I think that the for the Jets' offense to really get going, this offensive line is going to have to step up. This is this Giants' defensive front is really no joke with uh, Lawrence, Leonard Williams, and Kayvon Thibodeau. I think that's the real matchup I'm really looking forward to seeing is how our offensive line, but in particular, Max Mitchell handles Kayvon Thibodeau off the edge. I think we got to give Zach Wilson some time to uh, read the field. They're going to need to throw a little bit to win this game. I do think it's going to be a heavy Heavy Brees Hall game, though. I'd like to see them, similar to what I said, I think, in our college episode with Bucky Irving. I really want to see the Jets get Brees Hall the ball outside the numbers in space. That's really that's when he's at his best and most dangerous. And then for the Jets defensively, though, I think this is a perfect, perfect, perfect matchup you can have. Likely no Daniel Jones. 
likely no Andrew Thomas. This defensive front is going to feast, I believe. Uh, they're going to be in Tyrod Taylor's face all day. I think we got another two-plus turnover game coming for this defense. I think this is how they're going to win. This is how, if they want to make the playoffs, they're going to have to rely on this D. So I see another big game for the running back and this defense in this one. Yeah, and I'll I'll cover the Giants here. For the Giants, I mean, obviously getting a massive win last week against Washington was big for the morale. I think the team was probably down in the dumps, especially giving a game away to the Buffalo Bills where they really could have had one there. Um, but I think the last few weeks with Tyrod Taylor, I mean, I don't want to say Tyrod Taylor is better than Daniel Jones because you know, what are we even talking about there? <laughs> but I think this offense has been a little bit more explosive. I mean, they only scored 14 points last week, but I think they're pushing the ball down the field a little bit more with Tyrod Taylor, which is what they're going to need to do against this Jets team, especially. They do have some speed on the outside. I think they need to showcase Jalen Hyatt a little bit more in this game. Um, but Wandale, Slayton, all those guys are fast guys. So I think you got to try to extend this Jets defense on the back end, um, especially while these guys are starting to come back from from injuries and concussions and stuff like that. Obviously, Darren Waller is going to be heavily involved. Saquon Barkley is going to be heavily involved. So um, you're going to have to test C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams, who have been great all season. Got to make plays. Um, but like I said, I think pushing the ball down the field is going to be extremely important for this Giants team just to try to score more than 14 points because this Jets defense is really, really good. And I don't know how many, how much you're going to score, um, but if you can get three touchdowns, maybe you have a shot at winning this game. Um, and then defensively, you mentioned it. This D-line is no joke and going against a Pretty suspect offensive line that's been banged up constantly for the Jets. Um, Dexter Lawrence is going to be an absolute beast. Um, the interior of the Jets offensive line is going to need to be stout against him. Uh, they had six sacks against Washington last week. I expect that to continue. I expect Zach to have to throw under a ton of pressure. And then, I mean, we say it all the time. Zach will give you cut some throws. You got to make those count. You need to have a turnover or two, get the ball in short field position, go get points when it's there. Um, I think this is going to be a gross, gross game. You know what the uh, over-under is? I was going to ask you the same thing. I'm not entirely sure. I think it was 36 uh, and a half last I saw. But 36 and a half? You're fucking God's gift, my man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think this is going to be a gross game. I don't even know if this, this score gets to 30, um, but we'll see. Let's move on to the second game. We got the Los Angeles Rams going to Dallas in Jerry's world. Uh, the Cowboys are a six-point favorite right now. Ray, talk to me about the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I I do think this is a I think this is a really great matchup for the Cowboys as well. Uh, I'm gonna start defensively because I think that's just where like the biggest impact's gonna be. Uh, I think this front is gonna feast on Matt Stafford. Uh, he's been sacked 18 times this year. Really, obviously, not a mobile quarterback at all. And I think with this passing attack, they're going to have to rely on it. I think Kyron Williams is out again, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. Uh, no Kyron Williams. Uh, the, who the running backs last week? It was it was uh, uh, Daryl Henderson and Roy, and Royce Freeman. So they actually ran it okay last. They week. They did. I mean, they ran for 127 yards combined, so it's not too bad. But that being said, that's not a, those aren't 
backs are going to strike fear in this Dallas defense, which is just fast and explosive, especially up front. I think making the real challenge for this defense is just going to be making sure that Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup stay in front of them. Uh, I think if you give, if we, if you make Stafford take an extra hitch, I think the place pretty much can be over. I think they're, they're going to need to get that ball out quick. Uh, and offensively, Dak Prescott at home, I think it's where he plays a little bit better. Um, I, I mean, I think this is going to be a big Tony Pollard game, too. I think you got to rely on the run against this uh, L.A. defense. I think, obviously, too, I know it's been a big talking point for Dallas fans. I think C.D. Lamb needs to get a little bit more targets and just be a true number one receiver in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried force-feeding him early. Yeah, and for the Rams, offensively, you mentioned it. It's it's all about Puka and Cooper Cup and protecting Matt Stafford. If Matt Stafford has enough time to throw, I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He just is, um, especially with those guys. They really have honed in on on this offense. I mean, three and four right now, I still think this could be a playoff team, um, even with the lack of players that they have on the offensive line and on this defense. Um, but if they could protect Matt Stafford – I think they can make this game a shootout, which Dallas, I don't think they really want to do. Um, so, I mean, Puka had what? He had 14 targets. Cooper Cup only had two catches last week, but still had eight targets, I think. Um, so those guys are going to be heavily involved. Just got to get one of them loose. Um, and hopefully you can just stay pace with this Cowboys offense. And then defensively, you got to get after Dak. I mean, it. we've seen it over the past few years. When you can pressure him, he's not that good. Um, so, got to take advantage up front. Need Aaron Donald to have a big game. Byron Young, uh, rookie out of Tennessee, has been great. Hopefully, he can get a couple pressures, get to Dak, um, and try to try to make this a tight game. This is a, It's not a great matchup f- for the Rams, but um, I do think they could win this game. All right, let's move it to the third game. We got the Cleveland Browns going to Seattle with the 12th man. The Seahawks are a four-point favorite right now. Ray, talk to me about this Cleveland Browns team. Still a team with a lot of talent, but no Deshaun Watson again. Yeah, it could be no Watson, no Jerome Ford. Kareem Hunt's questionable, but I think they say he's going to be ready to go. Uh, So it's going to be a P.J. Walker game. And, I mean, he didn't play perfect last week, obviously, I think he had a sub-50% uh, completion percentage, but he led the team to a game when he touched down drive with two two and a half minutes left. So, that yeah, that's got to say something. I think the team probably has a little bit of confidence in them. That being said, I assume that their strategy is going to be to try to run the ball down Seattle's throat, which is really a tough thing to ask because they allow 87 yards rushing per game against them. I don't know how this offense is going to really, like, just consistently drive down the field against the Seattle defense. I do think Cooper, Amari Cooper has to be more involved. He was really silent, held silent last week. I think he only had a couple catches. Um, I think if this passing attack has any chance of uh, helping them win, they need to get Amari Cooper involved. But defensively, this Cleveland Browns defense can go head-to-head with anyone. They're another team. They're only allowing 260 yards total per game, 170 through the air, 93 on the ground. I think uh, Miles Garrett getting pressure on Geno Smith is going to be a must. I don't know. Do you know if um, Seattle's tackles are back? I think I know Cross is back, but is um, Cross is back? I don't know about Abe Lucas. 
Uh, I think that there's there definitely is room for this uh, Browns front, regardless, to make plays and really uh, affect Geno Smith. I think uh, their secondary in particular is really what's going to win them this game, though, if they have any chance. I think Ward, uh, my boy from Mississippi State, Emerson, is playing really, really well in his second year. I think it's one of the better cornerback uh, tandems in the league. So I think you have to rely on this defense to win this game. I think, and it's telling, too, that the over under is at 38 right now. Yeah, I'm seeing that it's unlikely that he'll come off the IR. That That is Abe Lucas. Um, so it looks like they'll be without their right tackle for this week. Um, this team is really banged up. I think DK Metcalf uh, finally practiced yesterday. I think it was the first Wednesday practice he had since week two. Um, so nice to see that. I think Tyler Lockett has been is a little banged up. Kenneth Walker is a little bit banged up. Uh, they lost Chenna Nwosu for the rest of the season with a pec injury. So I'm really unfortunate there. Um, so hopefully this team can get a little bit healthy throughout the week. I think Kenneth Walker is going to be extremely important. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are exceptional stopping the run, but that is really where the Seahawks offense has made their money this season has been setting up the play action pass off the run game. And Kenneth Walker has been great all season. If he can't go, it looks like Charbonnet will be back this week. So, uh, maybe for my fantasy team, you might get a late uh, Zach Charbonnet ad, uh, a late Charbonnet start. Um, but if they are able to get Metcalf back, lock it, uh, a little banged up, this wide receiver core will be at full strength. Geno's got to push the ball down the field, a very tough secondary to do that against. Um, but going against P.J. Walker, I do think they have enough offense to win this game, especially at home. And then defensively, you got to pressure pj walker he gotta make this a game where he needs to make throws especially towards the intermediate and deep part of the field can't give him anything easy um can't let kareem hunt get going uh with screens so i think this is going to be a really really interesting kind of gross game another kind of gross game i feel like um but i do think the the seahawks will take this one i'm not laying for though yeah fuck that all right, let's move it to our last game, best game of the week, um, especially now that maybe we have a Sam Darnold sighting. Uh, we got the Bengals going to Sam Fran. The 49ers are a four-point favorite right now. Ray, talk to me about this 49ers team uh, with Sam, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I think Brock Purdy's they, they, he's all but out, right? I mean, unless I'm mistaken. He was in the concussion protocol Wednesday. It's weird, though, because, like, Apparently he got banged up during the game, but he came back in and played. So who knows? This concussion protocol is crazy now. Yeah, I feel like when it gets announced on Wednesday that you're in the concussion protocol, it's really not looking good. So I'm expecting Sam Darnold to get the start in this game. And I'm really excited to see how he handles this Kyle Shanahan offense. He's obviously had some time on the bench to digest. And back in California, California kid, I think – with this supporting cast too, he can really make some noise. I'm really excited. But that being said, it's going to be a heavy Christian McCaffrey game. Uh, McCaffrey, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't want to be over uh, overreactive, but borderline MVP candidate right now. And I don't think that's overreactive at all. I mean, I don't think running backs are ever going to win MVP, but it's cl- the fact that you can if even this say is, that. If there's a year to do it, I think it's this year because the true. quarterbacks have been kind of shitty. That's true. Um, but the, even the fact that we can even 
debate it re- relatively shows how good he's been this year. And this uh, Bengals defense has not been able to stop a run worth a lick. They're allowing 143 yards rushing per game. So I do think it's going to be a heavy, heavy McCaffrey game. That being said, I do think Sam Darrell is going to be airing out a little bit too. So I'm really excited to see how he does. But I think this can more importantly, I think it's going to be a statement game for this uh, San Fran defense. Coming off two losses on the road to Minnesota and Cleveland, I don't think they're going to let Joe Burrow have any time back there. I think they're going to be in his face the entire game. Uh, their run defense has been su- superb to start the year, and the Bengals have not been able to run the ball at all either. So I just think this is actually a terrible matchup for Cincinnati. I'm curious to see how Burrow does with all this pressure, but I don't think it's going to be a, a good performance for this offense. I think I don't want to say it again, but I do think this could be another relatively ugly game. It's going to be a defensive battle. Um, but I think Christian McCaffrey's going to end up pulling it out for San Fran. Yeah. Are you just saying that it's going to be a bad game for Burrow? So I don't start him or T Higgins this week. Cause we got each other in fantasy. Maybe who knows? Mm, a little, a little, a little gamesmanship there. Um, for Cincinnati, they're coming off a bye. I think it was big for them, especially because while they were they started to rack up a couple wins, that calf injury for Burrow definitely could have used some rest. T. Higgins with the rib injury definitely could have used some rest. So hopefully they use that bye week to get healthy, and hopefully they schemed up something on this offensive end to get themselves going because it really has been a slow start um, basically this whole season. I think for them – you got to just make easy throws for Burrow. Do not let this San Fran pass rush get to him. Get the ball out of his hands quickly. Get it to Jamar Chase early. Get it to T. Higgins early. Um, get Joe Mixon on, on screens. Just do not let Joe Burrow take so many hits and don't make him try to have these long developing plays down the field work because they just don't against San Fran because there's too much pressure. Um, And then defensively for the Bengals, you said it. They haven't been able to stop the run all season. They need to in this game. Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt have to be exceptional in this game, stopping Christian McCaffrey up the middle with the screens they like to run, and then also dealing with Kittle uh, in the middle of the field. Both Logan Wilson and Pratt need to have big games if they want to slow down this offense. And then I think for them – especially if you have Sam Darnold in, you got to come up with some creative ways to disguise your defense, disguise blitzes, make things confusing for him. Cause he really hasn't played. I mean, when was the last time Sam Darnold played in an actual NFL game? It's been a while. Um, since last year, right? Was he Carolina? Yeah. I think um, he started in the beginning, right? So got to confuse him. Got to mix it up. Got to make it tough on him. I do expect Kyle Shanahan will have a simplified game plan for him, especially on short weeks notice, but um, you got to come up with some creative ways to get after him for sure. Uh, yeah. Just one thing I wanted to point out just for, cause I'm talking about San Fran here and we don't have like a trade deadline thing going on, but I would like to see if they try to target uh, anyone big at the trade deadline. They have so much draft capital uh, first, second. I think they have three thirds because of uh, compensatory picks, a couple fourths, a couple fifths. I would really like to see them go out and try to get Patrick Sertan if the Denver's really open for business. I think him on that defense would just be a fucking terrifying, terrifying thought. I think their fronts are already elite. I think adding an elite corner to that defense would just be scary. Yeah, and all these years, too, that they've had a really elite defense, they've never really had elite corners. 
Yeah. They're, really? Tarverius Ward was made, I'll put elite in quotes here, by this front seven that they have. Um, so I, I love that. Dude, the compensatory picks for the 49ers have like 20 compensatory picks for the next like six years. It is ridiculous. Dude, they just because they just produce talent. It's great. Good for them. They uh they really know how to run an organization. Uh let's get to some units. Let's talk some bets. Ray, how did we do last week? Uh, I was down one point one six again uh in NFL. So even uh showing for both college and NFL last week, I lost my Vegas and Chicago under thirty seven and a half. Tyson, he got me, bro. Guy got me. He got you. Yeah. Um, I lost Detroit plus three. They got shit stomped. It was over. The good thing about that, it was over before we got home from golf. So yeah. that was good. <laughs> um, but I did win Kansas City minus two and a half. So I won uh, 1.84 units on that. So negative week, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. I also uh, was negative minus uh, 1.33. I was also on the lines. I mean, I was talking about hammering the money line. Thank God I didn't. Um, cause like you said, I mean, I think I was still on the, uh, I think I was on the 17th hole and I looked up and they were already down 14, nothing. Um, so pretty brutal way to, uh, to start the week. I also had the Rams plus two and a half for one and a half units. And they were, they were in control of that game pretty much the entire game against Pittsburgh last week and ended up losing. Um, so tough loss there, but I did have, I finally hit a teaser. Good, good job, Alex. Um, I had the Jags plus eight on Thursday night, and then I had the Seahawks minus one and a half for two units there. So was able to recoup a little bit. Dean um, was also down. Dean just cannot stop betting the Packers. He had the Packers money line for two and a half units lost there, but he did hit on the Seahawks minus seven and a half. Um, so recouped a little bit. Not a, not a terrible week for Dino. Ray, what do you got this week for us? Uh, simple. All five units, Jets money line minus one forty eight. Love you. Yeah, so, I mean, could could it not do it? Yeah, um, I'm also with you there, but I'm gonna get Dean's bets real quick. Um, but he did it all on Packers again, right? Oh yeah. Why Plus did I even say that? Because I knew it. Uh, Dean just can't stop betting the Packers, even though they're fucking horrible. Uh, Dean's got all five units on the Packers plus one and a half. At home against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I went a little bit of a different route this week. I really liked the board this week. I don't know if that's just me. I think kind of all these games are going to be gross. Um, but I have no teasers. I have five straight bets. All for one unit. Ooh, love this. Um, so I have the Jets minus two and a half. Minus 115. I have the Jags minus two and a half. I have the Texans minus three. I have the Vikings minus one and a half, and then I have the Chiefs minus seven. One unit sprinkles on all of them. I, I like. I was got, I honestly, there were maybe three or four more games too that I really liked. I almost put half units on everything. <laughs> that would have been insane. <laughs> all right, that's gonna wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, you enjoyed our Week Eight NFL preview. Stay with us. Got more college football, got more NFL, got draft stuff coming up, which we are pumped up about. So stay locked in. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. You can also find us on underdogpodcast.com and stick with us. We continue this 2023-2024 season. Ray, my friend, appreciate you. Jet up. 
Straight up, baby.